We're back, folks. Out for Smokes is back. Nice to be here. Thanks for coming. Uh, thanks for listening to us. We want to thank our Patreon community as well. I think we made it up to. Um, well, I don't want to. I don't want to tell you what we made because then you guys won't give us money. Yeah, you'll but go. That's too much. We go. We promise you, it's it, not. Yeah. And then you'll go. What? It, yeah, it is. You don't fucking do anything. <laughs> so we, yes, it is too much. Hit, we hit a number on the Patreon, but we still need more. We need more money. That's right. Um, we will never be satisfied. With right. No, much, we certainly shouldn't be satisfied. Yeah. I mean, it's, this is not, you know, yeah. it's a milestone for us, but a, a, a yeah. tombstone for many, you know. Yeah, yeah. So we want to thank our Patreon community. And, uh, you know, today is an episode that is um, close to my heart because it's about, uh, well, it's about food. So we're going to do a little food episode. <laughs> it's also close to uh, his belly button. <laughs> There's a stain on his teeth. No! Yeah, there is. No, it, 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 this was already stained. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, no, it's cum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All my clothing does have stains on it, though. Yeah. But anyway, I'm happy to be here because we're going to talk about we're going to talk about uh, restaurants and we're going to talk about nutrition. And uh, I uh, I get chest pains like all the time. I'm trying to figure out where they're coming from. And what and and what it is that I have to cut out of my diet? The sauce, bro. So I'm working on that. What sauce? Sauce is bad for you, right? Sauce? Yeah. What kind of sauce? Red sauce, tomato sauce. You know, I think it might be. I was fine until like a second ago, and then uh, I just had soup and some bread and butter, and then Deb made me have a ice pop. <laughs> Now I know you're gonna say like, oh yeah, nobody can make you have an ice pop, but th- but but I think there is a way that. Uh, women will try to sabotage you. Yeah, they is like. It, is it the ice pop that makes you have heartburn? I think it's like the processed sugar. I think sometimes when I eat like can- when I eat like sour straws and candy, that's when it gets like kind of bad. And I didn't have them until a second ago. I think it was because I've been eating soup and bread and butter all day. I think it was the ice pop that's that's fucking with me. Yeah, Deb offering the the ice pop is really equivalent to like when Anthony Bourdain's girlfriend made him pay three hundred thousand dollars to that seventeen year old she raped. Yeah. Now what happened there? Let's get into that. <laughs> I guess it's not going to be. A f- I guess it's not going to be so much a food episode as much as a uh, Anthony Bourdain's girlfriend yeah. raped. As a what raping. does food yeah. do to the world? Yeah. Now she was Asia Argento, and she was in that movie Triple X with Vin Diesel. That's oh, the yeah. only movie she was in, though, right? That's the only yeah, movie that yeah. I can remember her from. But yeah. she was very. She was very hot in that movie. Yeah. No, she's a... Uh, uh, yeah, so I like... I, I You know, I want this episode to mostly be about cooking, but I wanted to talk about Anthony Bourdain a bit because I watched that uh, Roadrunner documentary they did about him that's on HBO. Uh, I thought it was interesting. I thought it was good. And, you know, I'm a big Bourdain fan. I don't know if you guys mm. are. Oh, uh, I didn't know that about you. Yeah? Yeah. No, I, I really... I think he's like one of the last very entertaining people and, you know, real human beings on television. Mm-hmm. Like, he made very good television. He was a great writer. Yeah. But I think he's um, a, a complicated figure because, you know, I go back and I watch, like, some of his, particularly his CNN show, and a lot of it's just, like, propaganda, which, you know, I didn't realize when I was younger, but you get older and you kind of realize, like, most Americans don't travel that much. Mm-hmm. So the travel show is really kind of the uh, the perfect venue for propaganda. Because, sure. you know, you might never go to Nicaragua, right. but you watch one TV show, right. and that's your entire impression of Nicaragua. Right. So, you know, a guy like Bourdain, who has a travel show, like, yeah, there's... Um, there, there's a real incentive. For he goes to Guatemala. He's like, they, these people need the United Fruit Company to rule their country with an iron fist. Dog the bounty hunter is a, he's a CIA <laughs> asset, so no one goes to visit Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, but like the CNN show, like I rewatched the Libya episode yesterday. We can talk about that a bit, but it's fucked mm-hmm. up. Like yeah. it's it's terrible. Like just kind of the propaganda. Yeah. But well, Bourdain was funny because I read his book at the beginning of this year. It seems like he doesn't really like. He seems very kind of very much kind of like a free market uh, guy. Yeah. Which you kind of have to. I mean, in our field, I don't know why we're fucking me. I don't know why me and you are leftists. Right. Well, because we we're should not be, millionaires. No, but we should be like cutthroat because it's like out of the half a million podcasts that are out there, <laughs> we really do need to be in the top five to make money. Yeah. You know? So we should probably be trying to figure that out instead of this, this fucking kumbaya horse shit that we're always. Uh, they were always on, probably leading to our uh, our downfall. Yeah. Right. I mean, we should be a little more. We should be a little more competitive 
probably. I know. I, I feel like I should be. Yeah. No, we could s- yeah, start some podcast wars or something. We should. Yeah. I don't know which podcast we would start a war with. I like them all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, maybe one of ten you shit talked before we started the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So and that's patreon.com slash out for smokes <laughs> to find out what those podcasts are. Yeah. So this is an eating episode. So mm-hmm. all the Red Scare fans just turned it off. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, so Bourdain. But so yeah. in his memoir, in Kitchen Confidential, yeah. he like has, and then I remember there was an episode of his show where he was like, I, communism, which I, which I abhor. Yeah. And then he, but there's a part in his book where he gets a job at like in Rockefeller Center or something, and it's like a union kitchen, and he has kind of this like contempt for it. For the union workers? For, yeah, because yeah. he's like, everybody here is kind of like lazy and not really innovative and I don't know. I mean, like, sometimes I, 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 I sometimes, f- uh, uh, ha- you know, um, you know, the, there's those two parts of yourself, right? Where you're like, you're like, oh, well, we should be the, you should be the best, and you should be kind of competitive, and mm-hmm. you know. But then also, um, and then there's that part of you. There's like, just there's give me there's, stuff. Yeah, Everything's give me stuff. Dumb. Yeah, just Go give fuck me yourself. Yeah, why do yeah. I have to hustle for this <laughs> fucking yeah, horseshit? I just want to do my podcast with my boys and for sure, you know. And also, you know, Anthony Bourdain, you know, dealing with people, and it's like, why don't you have this hustle? It's like that's heroin addict energy. Like uh-huh. that's what drove you to do heroin is yeah. th- this this manicness that you have yeah. that allows you to just go. I'm going to travel the world. Mm-hmm. Most people don't have that in them. They just mm-hmm. kind of want to relax. Yeah, yeah. And like, he's right, but you know, he's also a heroin addict because of yeah. it. Right, and he's a fascinating figure because he was like in his mid 40s before he ever got famous or anything. Or rich, he was, but he was also like until his mid forties a head chef, and mm-hmm. you know that kind of th- it, it does breed control freaks. Mm-hmm. Like when you're in charge of a kitchen, so mm-hmm. you're like, oh yeah, a union's gonna fuck up with my ability to control every little detail. Right, and you know, like John Stewart at the Daily Show, he had his writers unionize, and he was pissed. I mean, eventually he came around to it, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's like, yeah, if you're a, a heavily involved person who's in charge. Yes, unions will grade on you. Right. Well, imagine if Deb started asking us for money to set up the equipment every week. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be fucking pissed. <laughs> We'd be like, "No, this is my this is my project." <laughs> she asks us for twenty dollars a week to to literally set up yeah. all the lighting and cameras to plug yeah. that in in the corner. <laughs> yeah. God Which damn it! Your emotional labor is free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she sues the podcast. But anyway, yeah, but so, um, well, yeah, it, it is something where it's like we can talk about cooking more generally, but we can also talk about Bourdain in particular, just because I think he's a very fascinating figure. Yeah. And he's a guy who's like, I was not really that into cooking, but yeah. he was so entertaining and interesting that he did make me have an interest in it. Yeah. I guess my question for you is, how are we going to destroy all the other podcasts? <laughs> how are we going to take all the other podcasts out that we need to uh you know, I was thinking that other people listen to. We we have like a big like get together celebration for all the New York podcasts at like Spark mm. Steakhouse. It's like the scene from The Godfather. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm like <laughs> my nephew's getting baptized, and then just people are machine gunning the Are You Garbage guy. <laughs> <laughs> I do renounce Satan. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> Tim Dillon just getting shot in the head. <laughs> While he's trying to run away, he's like, sorry, he's like throwing a box of donuts in the air. Tim Dillon's in bed with some twink, like fucking uh, Philip D'Italia. And then there was only one New York podcast. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Will Manneker's like, wow, you invited me to Spark Steakhouse. That's so nice of you. I'm sorry. Just, just do the Paul Castellano to him. Yeah. I really want to go. Have you ever been to Spark Steakhouse? No. It's like, I mean, it's a, a great steakhouse, but that's where they uh, John Gotti murdered Paul Castellano mm. when he was leaving. That's, that's how the only thing I've ever heard about Spark Steakhouse. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm sure the, f- the steak's pretty good. Yeah. That would kind of suck it's if you were... It's still open, right? Yeah, it's still open. Do yeah. you get to sit where yeah. it was and shit? Well, he was murdered outside. Well, it was in a par- yeah. Wow. I, guess you, I guess we can, yeah. <laughs> they put the X there like Kennedy. <laughs> you can like... Pose for pictures where Castellano was shot. <laughs> Didn't that happen to, uh, come on, what's his name? Not Rivers Cuomo, but the other one. 
Andrew Cuomo? No, come on, he died in Wait, front of Rivers uh, Cuomo? Johnny Depp's bar. River on, on Phoenix. The Sunset Stream. Yeah, River Phoenix. River Cu- Cuomo, I think, is from okay. Weezer. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he yeah, died he of is. a drug overdose <laughs> on the strip. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah. But that would suck if you were like Paul Castellano and you're like, this is the worst steak I've had in my life. And <laughs> you go out and get shot to death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, what were his last words? They're like, please don't say. <laughs> Yeah, I ordered medium rare. What the fuck is this? <laughs> this day cannot get any worse. Yeah, so he doesn't like, he didn't like the union kitchen that he worked in. Bourdain, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, but yeah, the book is, I don't know, the book is really good. I liked it. I, I, I did a food podcast for a little bit, me and, uh, me and you Tim and Dillon. You and Tim, right? Yeah, yeah. Not, to, uh, you know, not to name drop or anything. I used to do a podcast with Tim Dillon. Um, but, uh, it was, it was kind of hard to talk about food every single week cause you kind of run out of stuff to talk about. Yeah. You know, but, uh, I mean, you but, like, well, you know, like a few recipes, like, yeah, I mean about, oh, I've been like living in my kitchen lately, Yeah. but I don't know. I think it's kind of, it's not always great content for podcasting cause you go, yeah. And then you saute the onions <laughs> <laughs> and then you simmer the soup. <laughs> yeah. You don't yeah. realize like that, it, like some autistic people are just really into cooking, but yeah. it's passable cause it's like, oh no, people are allowed to be into cooking, Yeah. but it's just a type of autism. Yeah. You know? I did a roast chicken last night and then I got home from, uh, see, I got home and then I made chicken salad out of the leftover chicken. Made a little pesto chicken salad. Hell yeah! So uh, yeah, that's delicious. Yeah, I mean, you guys said the way I cook isn't really cooking, which is like a lot of. Uh, yeah, you just buy soup and spill it on the floor. <laughs> no, I get you know like fresh, uh, direct, like shit like that. Whatever the hell. Oh, it's called. who said that's not cooking? No, what is it called? I don't even know what it's called. Hello Fresh. Hello Fresh. No, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. I never oh, said it's okay, not good, cooking. Because I've learned a lot from it in yeah. in major ways. Yeah. And I think I could pretty no, much cook good. anything at this point. Yeah. We're sponsored by Hello... F- We're not sponsored by HelloFresh, but they do sponsor all the dumb bitch podcasts. Wait, <laughs> is that the- true? Well, yeah, they sponsor like all the... <laughs> all the New York City <laughs> How dumb... How many podcasts do you fucking listen to? <laughs> yeah. All the- just sit in anger, too. That's what's crazy. <laughs> all the New York City dumb bitch podcasts <laughs> right. are sponsored by HelloFresh. How to be and- a whore, sponsored by HelloFresh. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm taking seven dicks every weekend... I don't really have time to go to the grocery store. Oh, uh, we did the HelloFresh read before the Plan B read. Yeah. You know what's funny is there's the, like the original I'm a We're Whores podcast. And then, but now there's like multiple I'm a Whore podcasts. Yeah. And now some of the, some of the copycat I'm a Whore podcasts have surpassed the original We're Whores podcast. Right. You well, know? it's it's because it, it's all like, but I'm, none of it is about like who's being like. No one is coming out and like being a bigger whore like that. That would be yeah. the more interesting thing, you know. Right. If there's the podcast, <laughs> the podcaster who gets it all wrong, <laughs> she, no, she like, gets like fucking twelve <laughs> listeners, but she's like, I fucked ninety five guys this weekend. She's not getting any <laughs> yeah. numbers. So, like, nobody wants to hear this, bitch. <laughs> this is haunting. It's it's guys we <laughs> fucked, then it's black guys we fucked. <laughs> And then it's and then it's black guys with HIV that we fucked. And then it's Asia Argento and it's uh, seven year olds we fucked. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, shouts out to the original to Corinne and Christina, the OGs of uh Oh, they're great, man. Yeah, of a uh, uh, sex positivity. Anyway. Yeah. I like them both. They've both hired me to do to do manual labor for them. I love that. Yeah. Good. Great, great gals. Um, yeah. Are they the ones that invented that? Like, I mean, or they're they one invented of the first. It. They're yeah. the original. They're the originals. Because it's like yeah. we're whores, but it's feminist. Yeah, and I feel like there's well, a lot. I don't even of think that. it was whores. Like that's no, the mean, missing the point. It's, yeah, it's at the time it was like that's kind of what you had to say to get a person into it. Yeah, but you know the idea of the podcast is like we're people. <laughs> like that's the that's the idea behind it. You know, yeah, that's men, are, it's men, are, men are like I'm not listening to a podcast <laughs> with women. What? Oh, they're yeah. whores. All right. <laughs> well, I think now call, we're talking. But like, call her daddy was the the next yeah. iteration. But but Corinne and Christine had already been doing that. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Oh, I don't know. Let everybody talk about everything, right? Yeah, no, I'm just saying. Ha- has there been three fucking loser, white losers before that have done a podcast? No. We're, really? We're the first? Yeah. Oh, sick. I don't think we're losers. You're right. I think we all bring something interesting to the table. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think individually we're all losers, and then when we get together, we're kind of like, we're yeah. slightly less. <laughs> we're like the Megatron. We're like a one-legged uh, Megatron. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
Anyway, so what do you want to get into about Bourdain? You want to talk about? Well, the- first off, I really don't know anything about Bourdain. I never watched like the channels he was on. Those he was on like the TLC type channels, right? He was on Travel and Discovery. Travel. I didn't watch that. And yeah. then he was on CNN. And I think his CNN show, you know, I haven't watched every episode, but his CNN show in terms of like propaganda in some of the episodes, it's very blatant. And I think he definitely changed, uh, especially when he moved to CNN. Is that but a guy aware of a thing like that or a see, guy who just thinks that that's what's happening? And Right. And uh, you don't really know because it's like, yeah, like Mike was saying earlier, he has kind of standard liberal Democrat politics and views for the most part. But it's like you have to understand. And he actually uh, Bourdain does a really good Joe Rogan interview uh, where he talks about, you know, a fixer like and this is how it works. If you do a travel show, you go anywhere, you need a local fixer. And so kind of what happens is like, yeah, if you want to go to a fucking war zone Hmm. like Libya, well, you're going to have some guy at CNN who has some connection with somebody in the U.S. State Department or maybe the CIA. I don't know. But some agency of the U.S. government that is working with the rebels that just overthrew the government. And they're going to find you the people that you're going to talk to. Like, you know, Bourdain interviews some, you know, rebels who participated in the uprising against Gaddafi. He never he didn't find those people. You know, his Did they eat with like the forks they shoved up his ass? <laughs> no, up Gaddafi's uh, ass. Yeah, they dined with the knives <laughs> that they Look, stuck I up his stuck pee his, hole. I, st- <laughs> I put his fork up Gaddafi's ass. <laughs> well, you know what? Like, wow, I thought it was really that's a that's the actual fork that was up Gaddafi's bl- ass. <laughs> drags a cigarette. It's a decent Bourdain. Right. But yeah, so the point is, like, he doesn't find these people. His people at CNN find these people, and those people at CNN find these people through the U.S. government. That's the way things Mm. work. Mm. They, you know, the fixers, like, he interviews a person who called in NATO airstrikes on Gaddafi's army. Well, that person has a direct relationship with the U.S. military. How did Bourdain find him? Through the U.S. military. But, anyways, the, the thing is, it's like the Libya episode in particular is it's like this weird Potemkin village tour. Because it's like he's in, like, this Sicario convoy. Like, he's in a military convoy, and, you know, Gaddafi's just been overthrown. The security situation's falling apart. The country would go into civil war that's only just been, like, solved with a truce that's apparently falling apart again as of, like, three weeks ago. But, anyways, it's this weird Potemkin village tour, and people will think I'm exaggerating, but they should watch it because he, like— he goes to—Bourdain goes to a knockoff Kentucky Fried Chicken, uh-huh. like Uncle— Kentuckys or uh, I don't even know but you know one of those like knockoff places where it's like a KFC but not officially branded the mascot's like just a a clan guy like a a KKK guy because they're trying to mimic American (laughs) culture but it's like yeah so he goes to this like knockoff KFC and he interviews this rebel and this this rebel literally like holds up a piece of like KFC chicken and it's like this is what we were fighting for American fast food Hmm. and it's like it's yeah. so insane. I had to laugh. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, because the country would be plunged into a civil war that killed at least 15,000 people. And, um, you know, it, it's just one of those things where it's like that's almost a parody of the ugly American. This idea that, uh, you know, so the Gaddafi Libya thing, like he was kind of a bad guy or whatever, but he set up a central government that, you know, kept things together. And it's like NATO went in and they bombed the shit out of it and they destroyed all that infrastructure. And this is just what you see happens. Now, why was he a bad guy, though? I mean, you know, yeah, he killed political opponents. I think if you put it in the context of colonialism and the European powers, like Mm. first the Ottomans and then the Italians went into Libya, I think he's better than both the Ottomans and the Italians because, you know, he educated the population he provided basic social services but Mm -hmm. you know it's an authoritarian regime if you criticize him you're gonna die or go to prison Mm -hmm. so you can't do that but you know in the context of both what came he was 27 when he took over libya he he was yeah it's like harry styles just taking over the government (laughs) like all right i guess we'll go with this yeah um yeah, no, he was a young guy, and uh, but but basically, you know, in the context both of what came before and what came after, he was certainly much better. And it's just like the reality is like the Libyan state, if you can call it that, was mostly just warring tribes, and that's kind of what it descended back into, and it became a nightmare of human trafficking, you know, uh, militias, gangs, uh, 
open air slave markets after Gaddafi was was deposed. Right. And it's just like you see that while he's there, while Bourdain is there, but he's he's just going around in this like military convoy talking about like, yeah, you know, the mayor was assassinated here last night, but you can really see the freedom and people are really excited yeah. about the future and you know, it's also the only way you can make the episode, right? What you don't go through the government, and then you have to go through some some guy, yeah, on the street. No, I mean it's like it's going anywhere. It would be going anywhere that doesn't have, let's say, uh, something approaching rule of law, such as Libya, or he actually does a really good episode in the in the Congo, which I liked a lot. But regardless, y- you need a fixer, you need a local person, and it's just kind of the reality it's like yeah you're going to libya which the cia just overthrew the government your fixer's going to be cia connected most likely um yeah but it's 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 uh it's just kind of weird because i'm very conflicted because he's a very fascinating character but certainly by the time he was on cnn whether he knew it or not his role was to essentially propagandize americans about other countries yeah Dave Attell, I think I feel the same way about Insomniac. I think he, he <laughs> it was a CIA thing people to make hate us, New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About Re- we had you know now we have opinions on Reno. Yeah. When I was in high school, my psychology teacher brought in this guy who was like a Marine recruiter to like speak to our class, and uh, the guy's like talking. He's like it's like pretty normal. He's just talking about like life in the military and everything. He's like, and then just out of nowhere, he goes, and also I'm a sniper. I have 11 confirmed kills. My last kill. Muammar Gaddafi. <laughs> he like told our class he killed Gaddafi. <laughs> and I'm like, he, isn't that guy still alive? <laughs> so, oh boy, that's wild, man. Yeah, <clears throat> but uh, it's funny because I was watching a, a Patrice uh, clip um, this week, and Patrice was talking about and because because propaganda is, I guess, interesting to think about because uh, he was. He was talking about SARS, and he was like, "I love SARS." He's like, "Cause every other disease they blame on Africa." <laughs> he's like, "Every disease." He's like, "Ebola." He's like, "The locust disease." He's like, "These locusts come out and they eat everything. They don't tip." And uh, yeah, I guess it's funny to think about the way that other countries are sort of portrayed. Yeah. In the media. Well, you ever see like uh, what? Come on, what is the whole hot dog, hot dog thing? The king of uh, the king of England ate a hot dog. It, it, uh, whatever on the Hudson. No. Hold on. So it's a real thing. So like right before World War One, we didn't give a fuck about the Brits. You know, it was like yeah. You know, you remember the history, right? Don't hey, don't hey, don't make me explain it. <laughs> you guys remember what happened? Yeah. So we were like, fuck them. You know, we were like, ah, damn. If we're gonna go into this war, we gotta be friends with these guys, right? Mm-hmm. So they came over for like the first time. It was the first time a king and a queen or whoever the hell mm-hmm. uh, went there. It was called the Hot Dog Summit. And whoever the president at the time was, I don't know too much. Remember, goddamn, uh, Bill Murray was in the movie about it. Yeah. Hyde Park on the Hudson or whatever. And, and the idea was that the king and queen came here, and then they fed them hot dogs. Like, they got chefs to feed them hot dogs. Hmm. And then it was a way to put in the papers, like, the king ate a hot dog and was, was like, can I have oh, another? Oh, shit. And they were like, he's we a normal it. person. <laughs> he's not a piece of shit. He likes yeah. hot dogs. World War One. Uh, Either World War One or World, who the hell knows. Yeah. I don't, you know. Okay. I mean, everybody else knows besides <laughs> me. I, yeah. But, yeah. You know what's funny? And I was like, actually, we got to get in there. I was talking about that the other uh, a couple days ago, or somebody pointed out to me that um, you know Peter Hitchens is Christopher Hitchens' brother, but he's like a like ultra conservative British guy, and he wrote this book about World War II called The Phony Victory, and apparently in that book he says like that was the end of the British Empire when, when the they- king ate a hot dog and disgraced <laughs> himself. <laughs> he's just mad. Well, because it was all in the papers, like the king likes hot dogs, and I yeah. guess you could see Britain being like this dumb motherfucker. Yeah, he let them take a photo of him eating a hot dog. Right. There is a funny interview with Peter Hitchens. He's on TV with uh, Matthew Perry, Chandler from Friends, and he's mm. saying that like drug addiction isn't real. Yeah, he rocks. <laughs> he's like, hey, you're just diseased. You're just weak, <laughs> diseased. <laughs> or he says it's like not a disease. He's like, you just lack self control. I re- I really enjoy Peter Hitchens' interviews. I listen yeah, to a lot you gotta of them. you gotta just listen to everybody. That's right. You know, he's welcome on the podcast anytime. Yeah, listen to our Patreon. Yeah, but 
But so, Mike, you were never a Bourdain fan, or were you? Not till like recently, I guess. Yeah. I I mean, I read his book, but I never watched the show or anything. Or I also never cared about other countries. Yeah. Which is interesting to think back. Like you think back to most of your life, and you hear news stories about like, oh, somebody there was a bomb, there was a terrorist attack in Africa. And you're like, yeah, that that's what happens. <laughs> that's just what happens. They die over there, you know. <laughs> or like, oh, Latin America. Oh, did you like like people will, people would bring up when I was in my twenties. I feel like people bring up you know stuff about coups or whatever in Latin America or Asia, and you're just like, yeah, but they all like you had this perception of other of people in other countries yeah. that they like to die. I guess you know, it's just part of their culture. Yeah, the military there, they just like to overthrow the government. Yeah. And the idea of what food was in I'm other trying places. To think. Yeah, yeah. I wish we were. I wish I knew we were going to talk about this because I'm trying to think of other. Dude, isn't Chinese food like it made by some guy in Vegas? Not you know Chinese, real Chinese food, but the Chinese food we know is just some guy, just some fat piece of shit. I don't know. No. Yeah, I, that's true. And you know about Thailand? Thailand spent a bunch of money to like spread Thai food around the world. Yeah, they did a great job. That's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah, so that we'd go, oh, they're food, and not like, oh, they're 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 you know, and they're, they're like they're ba- they're teenagers. You like right. those noodles, huh? You want to come over here and fuck some of my kids? <laughs> <laughs> that's how they get you. Right. You start off with the you're like, I want authentic pad Thai, <laughs> and, and then as soon as you get off the plane, you're just greeted by. A <laughs> 14-year-olds <laughs> who will suck your dick for $20. You, you haven't had real pad thai till you've had it with a lady boy. <laughs> and it apparently has changed everything from the amount of Thai food places. Yeah. Like, well, the, the government, I think I think the government will set you up, and they even have, like, templates for restaurants. So you don't even have to design the restaurant. Yeah, they, they make sure like, the food go, gets, gets here. Yeah, they've, yeah. they've like, figured out a bunch of ways to make sure you can open a Thai restaurant. We could probably yeah. open a Thai restaurant. Uh, they want it bad. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to make pineapple fried rice tomorrow. You ever have that? I have. I love it. Yeah. It's amazing. It's really good. Oh, amazing. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Although it doesn't, you make it at home, it doesn't come out as good. Oh, no. No. You got to call them and ask ask for the recipe, see what she says. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you're right that uh, his first... You ever try to make Asian food at home? Uh, no, only following instructions. Like, I did yeah. the HelloFresh as well, but like... The Hello... F- yeah. Yeah. Do you think, like, Googling shit is ruining the tradition of recipes? Like, I was thinking about how, well, how Google... How much we're not calling our moms because Google exists, and how our moms are just sitting alone home <laughs> because I'm looking up how to bake salmon online instead of calling her and ha- us having yeah. even if the salmon is shit, like yeah. we should all have different types of salmon, but yeah. now we all have the same baked salmon mm. with the lemon on top. You uh-huh. know, we all have the same one. Now I don't have my mom's shitty lasagna. Mm-hmm. I have Sean's lasagna. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. And Deb's lasagna. I think it's mm-hmm. sad. And I know I think our moms are even sadder than what I just said because yeah, of it. Yeah, and I don't think that we should be making Chinese food. I mean, I've made lo mein a handful of times. You just make it and then but w- when you see when you see it kind of deconstructed, it really does kind of take the magic out of it. Well, have you seen people make Chinese food? There's a there's a dance to how you shake the uh the, the pot, wok, you yeah. know? Yeah. No. Oh, I don't have a wok. I'm gonna try to make fried rice in a Dutch yeah, you gotta oven. You got to get a tomorrow. walk, man. That's yeah. what I meant. That's what I meant by the dance. It's it's the walk. Okay, yeah, uh-huh. that's what I meant. You can shake more with it, right? You know what I'm talking about. They dance back there. Do they? Yeah, with I guess, the big yeah. pan. It's called I did the walk. See a t- okay. I said did see a video on Twitter where this lady's like swinging noodles around in a walk. I got a so I went to Arthur Ashe Stadium last night mm. and. One, okay, wings on the inside. I didn't know this until I got inside, but I knew mm. it was going to be expensive. Mm. Wings were $29. That's crazy. At Arthur Ashe Stadium. Christ. What the fuck are you doing? I, I got to stop cursing. Anyway, anyway, so I go, I, I knew it was going to be bad in there. How many Th- wings? There's a place outside that sells food. These just guys. Yeah. Chicken fingers for $6. Yeah. I said, great. They. They looked like rats. It looked yeah. like rats. And then I Isn't bit it into it, though? and it was it was dark brown on the inside. Yeah. I made a whole chicken last night, though. Yeah. And it's like, you, you know, you have this, like, bird, and then the wings are just this little piece of the chicken. Like, every chicken wing that you eat is, like, one quarter of a... Ch- you eat four chicken wings, that's one whole chicken. Which is weird. And they're so... They're not... 
you'd sell the wings for like ten cents. Like chickens' yeah. lives are not really. Oh, it's oh, it means nothing, and it's less than anything. that even. Like, well, you know, because you have a pet. I mean, there's a literal holocaust every. <laughs> but, but yeah, you feel bad for animals. A chicken holocaust. Yeah, you feel bad day. for every animal. You go, oh my god, all this chicken we're eating when you're in a supermarket. Yeah. But then go to like a pet food store. And it's every animal you could imagine. It's even yeah. more animals more than they, animals than than they offer at a food store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like wild it, boar. Yeah, and it's just like cut up in dumb Hawk. chunks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I can't get duck at my food store. Yeah, fowl. My and, dog uh, can. Yeah, platypus. Yep. <laughs> There's a big platypus. Elk on the, on the dog food bag. Yeah. Yeah. It was like after World War II, they approached the Nazis who did the Holocaust and like, what if you used your powers for good? What if you made <laughs> chicken wings cost ten cents? <laughs> Through tailorization. I'll do it. <laughs> they used to yeah. do 10 cent wings, uh, what was it, Tuesday nights at Phoebe's? Oh, was mm. that on third or fourth? Oh, third? yeah. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a wings guy. They're, they're my kryptonite. Wings are good, yeah. Love them. You like barbecue or buffalo? Buffalo, I prefer buffalo. But yeah. no, you know, I you always like, blue, like a you like blue cheese? sauce, you know? Oh, blue cheese all day. Yeah, man. yeah. Yeah, I'll yeah. chug it. Yeah. Mm. You ever make blue cheese dressing? No, no, no. It's no. good. I don't want to. I don't want to know how it's made. Yeah, but then when you do, you can make it yourself. And you can make it better than you have at a restaurant. I made a really good blue cheese dressing about a year ago. I love blue cheese. Yeah. Describing food nice. you like is like describing a dream you had. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Yo, thanks for that. Now I'm gonna we kill myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, so but speaking of killing yourself, Anthony uh, Bourdain, did he kill himself or? Was Wait, real quick, real, real quick, real yeah, blue cheese, mayonnaise, lemon juice, Worcestershire, some gar- some grated garlic, uh, maybe some buttermilk to What is Worcestershire? It it's like uh, it's some kind of sauce. I don't know. And then some and then some blue cheese uh, chunks, and you let it kind of meld together. Hmm. Okay, here's a while. here's you an can ad- throw it together. Sorry. Here's an advanced one for you guys. Okay, you cut up a potato, yeah. and then you put some salt and some olive oil on it. And you put it in the oven at 425 for 25 minutes. Mm. It's basically French fries. No shit. It's really good. That's the saddest way to eat French fries, <laughs> I know. though. It's <laughs> better than, boring. like, fucking, you know, McDonald's or whatever. Oh, Just like an actual potato you cook yourself. But Yeah. Yeah, I remember watching... It's my I, Irish contribution. I used to have this stone-cold Steve Austin VHS that I would watch over and over again, and, and he would talk about how he couldn't afford anything, so he'd buy a bag of potatoes, and he's like, there's five ways you could make a good potato. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I was like, oh, I can't wait to be poor one day so I could, you know... Yeah, yeah. So I could just make shit with potatoes and live like Steve Austin. And potatoes. then I'm poor, and I'm like, I need a sandwich! <laughs> and then I'm even poorer, yeah. you know? Yeah. It yeah. sucks. They're versatile. It makes sense why the mix never learned to make anything else. Right. It's like, what else do you need? It's not like there's going to be some sort of blight or something. <laughs> lentils are great, too. You get a bag, of, you get a pound bag of lentils for like $1.50. Oh, you just yeah. make lentil yep. soup. Yep. Made that tonight. Um, yeah, I think a cup of lentils has like uh, 27 grams of protein in it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Mike just made us lentil soup before we started. It was very good. Yeah. Yeah, I declined. How about the, yeah, it's all right. A little just rude. Belly. Just a full belly. That's yeah. All. Sean didn't really want to eat it either. And then he started eating it. And he was like, oh, this is good. <laughs> Sean refuses food in the way like like a starving person knows they're going to vomit if they eat too much. You <laughs> yeah. know, like yeah. it's like, no, you need to hook him up to something. <laughs> you need to get him hydrated before you feed him soup. Man. You got to put him on a machine. <laughs> yeah. Like <he's> yeah. <laughs> like he's got rescue from Auschwitz. He started shaking. Yeah. <laughs> the spoon started clanging. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I think my mom told me that she was like, when they liberated the concentration camps, they can't. You can't just feed yeah. the people. Yeah, they, they would throw it up. Some yeah. of them died. Pretty. Thank God. Imagine that corporations knew when the concentration camps were opening, mm-hmm. or like at the very least, uh, like uh, German street vendors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then if they knew the day, then <laughs> well, they wouldn't be able to buy the food. They just anyway, show up with right? carts. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh yeah, they'd have no money. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they couldn't. What could they do? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same guy selling the $6 wings outside the <laughs> AEW event. I love how we Showing can't commit to the bid because we're like, they wouldn't, they would have no money. And yeah. We're just reading just too sad. much. Yeah. <laughs> we're not fucking morons <laughs> anymore. We like know a little bit of information. Yeah. Now. Like, Damn, Speaking of the Holocaust, I saw one of those lantern flies, the, the, the bugs you're supposed to kill. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I tried to like step on it. I don't know if I got it or not, but I felt really bad about it. Yeah. And yeah, I'm like, me too. So you're just telling me that like the Holocaust just happened? Well, you saw, and they no, just, I hate, I hate shitting on white ladies, mm-hmm. but I'll be walking down the street and I see a white lady see one and they like go into Rambo mode. They just snap and they start stomping. Uh-huh. Somebody has to. 
they, I saw these two ladies doing like Dance Dance Revolution on the corner, and I was yeah. like, "What the fuck is happening?" And they were just stepping on those bugs. Yeah. We're losing the war. There's way too many of them. Well, I thought they were gone, and now, whoo, everywhere. They're all over Manhattan. Yeah, yeah, everywhere. Yeah. Same Jersey. Uh, no good. And my mother's as well. We'll uh, we'll get them. Yeah, we'll get them. They are pretty though. And I've never seen them before. This is the first time it's a critter I've never. I go, oh, this is actually like a new infestation of a thing. Mm-hmm. And where do they come from? You know. Yeah. The ground? Where do they come from? Eggs. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. They fuck and they lay. Yeah, eggs. thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is for your son, so yeah. that is true. Where do bugs? Yo. Yo. <laughs> where do bugs come from? No, but where does like a bug that hides forever then return? Why? Mm-hmm. You know. Because yeah, of the war, know. you know. Well, they don't the live war. very long. What'd you say? Bugs don't live very long. Yeah, they live like a couple weeks. Yeah, they um, they, they anyway. return because they heard about the Adam Friedland show. <laughs> <laughs> How about that provolone bread? Did you guys have some? Oh, that was unbelievable, yeah. man. Yes, that was that was for sure good. Yeah, I was I was very very impressed. What what culture is that provolone bread? Italian. It is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. It's from the Italian bakery. And what is the idea? They melt. Because they just bake cheese into the bread, bread but okay. yeah but i've never had it with butter before a little butter really <laughs> really puts it over the i just ate it by Mike, myself i, I think, think i ate the two butter. loaves like i think it's the butter that's called no i don't the heartburn. The, the heartburn i don't think so yeah, though because i ate like a lot a, of butter i ate a lot of butter today before i had that yeah but like uh, do you use like olive oil and if shit i drank that, like that beer high cholesterol and stuff uh i thought olive oil is good for you no it's bad for you right or, i or, think it's well, I think it's one of the healthier oils. I mean, we're gonna talk also about this okay, kind of seed oil, oil bullshit. Oil is bad yeah. for you. Yeah, vegetable seed oil is probably oil. bad for you. Vegetable yeah. oil is bad for you. Yes. I yeah. feel like anything that's fried in like yeah, that cheap oil is because I I did I was in Indianapolis this week and I had some comedy club food. I ordered some cheesesteak sliders or whatever. Yeah. And I already ate. I went to Chipotle that day like earlier, and I got like a because I worked. I went to the gym. So I was like, I need some protein. So I went to Chipotle and got a steak bowl, double steak, queso, and guac. The fucking bowl was like eighteen dollars. Yeah, and I could feel the fucking the, Biden. Right. Well, don't get me started. But I could feel the um, the black girl behind the counter. I think she was mad at me a little bit that I spent so much at Chipotle, and uh, that's that's um, that happens sometimes, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> You'll go to a place and a, a black teenage girl will be working there. Like you go to like an ice cream. Like I went to an ice cream shop and I was like, yeah, can I get some cookies and cream? And it was from it wasn't for me. It was for my wife. Yeah. But I could feel her resentment being like this fucking. Well, yeah, I, devil ice cream is shop getting ice cream. Ice cream shops are tough because it's it, you get to be si- it's the one time you're silly, you know, Yeah. like you have to order a silly mm-hmm. thing like a rainbow. You go. Hmm. Yeah. You yeah. go like, God damn, I want the SpongeBob. It's so like bad. a neutral zone. But you can't say it. Yeah. You got to be like yeah. mint chocolate chip. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's that's a your idea of a not gay ice cream. Flavor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's mint chocolate. <laughs> yeah. It's my favorite ice cream, at the very least. Yeah. Joe Biden, that's like a political thing where the fact that he eats ice cream, all that's a thing where it's like, show that he's like, uh, that he can still eat or something. I don't know. It's something. You never see him eat oh, hard Oh, they're trying food, to make him like sure. youthful or something? There's, yeah, there's something like fun in a guy who eats an ice cream cone. It's, mm-hmm. uh, he's hanging out. You know, you can't do cigarettes anymore. And yeah. so the White House is going, God damn, we need to make Joe cool. Yeah. We gave him the Corvette. We gave him the sunglasses. Yeah. What else do we give him that's cool? We can't give him cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they go, ice cream cone? Well, Trump with the fast food was kind of cool. It yeah. was kind of like... No, I thought that was so silly. The McDonald's... That's just who he yeah, is, Yeah, it was cool that he's like eating KFC and McDonald's every day. I guess it's cool in the sense that... It is like and we had it, it is like the number one thing we all eat, and none of us are willing to admit it. It's yeah. this weird thing. Yeah. Uh, but I thought it always felt like an ad because he is the president. Like there's you go, like, what do you think is going to happen with this? But there's something kind of macho about eating fast food all the time. Like I eat like gas station. I'll go to the gas station and get hot dogs. Yeah. And I like doing that because it's like sure, this thing's going to kill me. It's going to give me stomach cancer, but it's not. Look, I eat, fast, anyway. I eat fast food always. I mean, all the time. Yeah. I, and at some point, psh, at least like four or five times a week, I'm finding a way to stop into a fast food place and get something, mm-hmm. even if it's like a four piece. And then I just run away yeah. like the little fucking raccoon that I am. Yeah. Uh, 
and it's gross, and you yeah. feel gross, and there's nothing yeah. manly about it. The and you see men walking by with like no, but the food you're talking about like, with like a yeah. hot dog or something, or like you know, yeah, like a uh, sauce on a fucking whatever the hell. But yeah. no, a meatball sub. But yeah, fast food is uh, it's it's for people who are going to end up my, in wheelchairs. I took we're my all gonna, autistic we're all we, future wheelchair. We're people. all going to end up in wheelchairs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Somebody was telling me in Indianapolis that we're like the first generation to be eating all these seed oils. So like, yeah, we're gonna be dropping dead. I don't, I don't know. I seed oils feels like kind of a, a buzzword to me. People say it and they don't really know what they're talking about. I think. Yeah, well, we've talked about it a little bit on this podcast, but I do like it is something where I really do think like most of the food in America is poison. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if like if you guys yeah. go to, have been to Europe or something, but I was like, yeah, I always have like an upset stomach. It's partly why I'm so skinny. But like, you know, I was in Europe for a week and like I felt great. The food was yeah. awesome. Yeah. Like it's like you oh, go to Italy. Like, yeah. yeah. Louis Gomez did the same thing. He went to Italy. He ate like pizza and pasta all week. He's like, I'm going to get fat. Yeah. And you don't you don't get fat. You lose weight. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah, they don't have aspartame, which apparently I might... mean he's losing weight because he's having sex with prostitutes <laughs> in front of his son. <laughs> <laughs> has he has he given them a show on the <laughs> yeah. on the network yeah. yet? He's trying to pitch them for a show on Gas Digital too. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's just kind of weird where it's like, yeah, you can go to Europe and eat like what's basically junk food. And lots of Americans have said, like, I actually lost weight. Like I was just eating out yeah. and not exercising. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yeah, like we've got the high fructose corn syrup, the aspartame, all this processed shit. And, you know, just like all the, the weird food dyes, like the yellow six and shit, or, mm-hmm. you know, that, like a lot of that stuff is oh, banned in Europe. Everyone's like, your cum doesn't uh, work, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't even know. But yeah, and then the seed oils thing is like, that's uh, partly like kind of a weird right wing meme yeah. on the internet where they're like, avoid seed oils, but they're definitely at least half right, where it's like Crisco and um, canola oil are like, I mean, they they definitely seem bad because they were only like Crisco was invented in 1911, and it was basically like the Procter and Gamble Corporation. They had a bunch of leftover cottonseed oil um, because they were making like candles or no, they were making ivory soap, and they had leftover cottonseed oil. And this German chemist said like you can just like process it with a bunch of chemicals and make it into into Crisco. And then they launched this big advertising campaign to get everybody switching. Yeah, and they call it vegetable shortening, vegetable oil. Yeah. Like, what vegetable is it? Exactly. That's yeah. why, like, you should be suspicious of that because it's like they just throw all sorts of shit in and then mm-hmm. they do this weird chemical process that, again, this shit was invented in 1911. You know, mm-hmm. humans have been around 150,000 years and we've only been eating this shit for, like, less than, you know, 100. Yeah. And so it's like... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that has something to do with all the chronic disease and obesity and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and the idea is they pitch it as, oh, you got to cook with this stuff, even though you don't. Right. At all. Yeah. Like, a, a par- I guess that's how I feel a lot of the time, too, because I'll, I'll get these chest pains and I'm like, something that I'm eating is going to kill me and I can't figure out what it is. I really think it's mostly all of it. Yeah. yeah. Although I feel I feel fine. <laughs> I feel fine today. I, lo- I love you trying to solve the mystery. <laughs> and then you told the story about how you had Chipotle and then yeah. sliders. Yeah. Well, I'm doing research. Like, There's something. I think someone's yeah, injecting. Yeah, but what? Okay, but what is it? I, I I ate 17 different things. What is the thing that's making I think my it's 16 of making those me things. feel like and I'm gonna die? And then the kale. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but then sometimes I'll, you know, I'll eat like something like a vegan meal, and I, st- I and I get it. I think I get acid reflux from tomatoes or garlic or whatever. Yeah, you might just so need I like don't know. a reset of the to... body. You know, you might need to mm-hmm. do a. Well, they say those are bullshit too, right? Where you do like a like a juice cleanse. Yeah, yeah. Everything's apparently bullshit. Yeah, your body will just work itself out. That's what they say. Like, just start eating healthy, and mm-hmm. it'll figure it out. Anthony Jeselnik tweeted one time. He said Hitler did the first juice cleanse. Oh, He's so fucking funny. edgy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's good, though. I, li- I like, like that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That, that works for me. <laughs> yeah, this makes up for us uh, not calling Ron on on the pro-Israel stuff last week. <laughs> yeah, well, he didn't really say anything that was that pro-Israel. No, oh, it was oh, you have to understand, I didn't understand enough of it to be like, actually. Yeah. I just know, yes, people got, you know. I was just like, we're at an hour. This is not a debate show. Just say what you want, man. I don't really care. <laughs> yeah, also, he's in a position where it's like, I'm, you know. Just say you like it when journalists get shot in the head. 
<laughs> what 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 food is eaten o- over there in, in Israel? Israel? Yeah, it's like stolen uh, Arab food. No, actually, no, they invented know. falafel. Don't you know? <laughs> Did they? <laughs> yeah. I mean, whatever. I don't yeah. know. It's it's weird because you hear you you spend your your time on Twitter and it's like everyone's like Israel's so fucked up. And then you like talk to Ron on. You, I talk to my neighbor who's Israeli. Yeah. And you're like, all right, well, whatever. You guys can. You guys have a right to exist. Well, I don't know. Well, he said it's complicated, and it's like he's half right. He's half right. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's yeah. like yeah, it was after the Holocaust. It's like yeah, the the displaced people in Europe. They did need a home, but maybe not necessarily directly on occupied Palestinian land. And now it's like there's still an occupation. Yeah. Yeah. It's only gotten worse. So it's not that complicated. Death to Israel. That's right. Um, (laughs) Fuck Ronan. (laughs) He can (laughs) suck my dick. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding, everybody. Hey, when do you think, at what point in history did food become something it was like, yes, give me, to something they were like, no, this is the one you got to have? Because that's what fucked it up for us, right? Once everyone started competing for food, well, like for like for like uh, selling the food that we get, and so now everything is a Coca-Cola product. Yeah, I mean, we we talked about this on this episode with Caleb Pitts a little bit, but it was in the United States in particular. It was the seventies under Nixon. The Agriculture Secretary Earl Butts had this like motto: "Go big or go home." Because, like, for most of U.S. history, there would be, like, lots... What about Earl Sluts? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he, has a, uh, he has a podcast on Spotify. Yeah. Um, but oh, yeah. Guys we... <laughs> guys we sluts. Guys I slutted with Earl Sluts. <laughs> it's like I always say, go big or go home. <laughs> anyways. Uh, yeah, but anyways. And I'm talking about black guys. <laughs> uh... Yeah, well, so there were, for most of U.S. history, there were, like, lots of small farms, and then he's Nixon's agriculture secretary, and he basically pushes farm consolidation. And this starts under Nixon, but it really ramps up in the 80s and the 90s, and that's where you get the situation where, like, small farms, they still exist, but they're, like, barely, you know? It's, like, most of the food is, like, by these major agro-businesses like Cargill and um, a few others that I'm spacing on the name of, but just a few companies basically control all or almost all food production. So it's like once you get to that scenario, like you journalists cannot see these slaughterhouses, these conditions where, no, you know, the, these like pig Auschwitz where they'll have like giant pools of just pink pig shit that they just dump because you've got on you know, someone's property. Yeah, and it yeah. just it, it flows into the riverways. Like if you go out to like North Carolina near a hog farm, it just smells like shit everywhere. There's pollution, it gets in the water. Like it's horrible. <laughs> you know, but it, it's just kind of the situation where because we concentrated all of the food supply into like, you know, three corporations, that's just what happens. And there's yeah. no accountability. You know, the slaughterhouse I worked at, like I've said, it was so small uh, that every piece of the animal was used. I do not. The only part we wouldn't give away is the part that would kill you. There's like a part mm-hmm. of like, you know, every goat or sheep that, you know, what they Scott's boss is shoving hooves up his ass. <laughs> well, no, of course, people would take the hooves they, of everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, put know, the, they put it in soup and shit. The, yeah. People would show up like, uh, you know, Jamaican women would show up and ask for, for uh, the shit, like goat shit and stuff. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they, they put, would put it, it in their tea. They would dry it out on their windowsills and put it in their really? tea. Really? Mm. Well, the women that came here, that came mm. to our slaughterhouse, yeah. Mm. They, That's Scott's perception of Jamaican people. <laughs> <laughs> they they would these people everyone that came to uh, they would use every single. I do not remember a person being like, "No, what am I going to do with this?" Mm. They wanted the head, all of it, all mm. of it. They uh, they put the ana- uh, they put the goat pussies on anime pillow dolls, <laughs> <laughs> so you can fuck them. Oh well, the balls, yeah. If you got the balls of like uh, <laughs> the, the, the Jamaican people come in to to get the, the shit for their tea, and the Japanese people come in to get the. <laughs> the goat pussy. <laughs> this will go in vending machine. And then panties. there was some culture, I forget which one it was, but they would show up sometime, you know, like always like panicky, like oh, I'm not joking. Like a uh, one a baby sick and then <laughs> and then they would get like some goat wool, like sheep wool. Hmm. 
and they would go rub it on their baby. They go, we put it under the baby hmm. while they sleep. And we go, all right, good luck, you know. Nice. And you go, make sure to call 911 as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't want yeah, yeah, to yeah. get caught up whenever this <laughs> fucking mess is, sir. All right, right. But I did, I loved that part of being there, was that it was all being used. And that was the only part I liked about it. Yeah. It's hard to, like, re- like uh, justify eating meat when you know a, just a little bit about, because you go to the grocery store and you buy, like, a steak or some ground beef or something, and you're like, there's no way this cow was, like, just ha- was happy. Yeah, but did you see, like, last week like, uh, those people went to a grocery store and they put flowers on each? Yeah, I think that's put- fine. Yeah, and it's like also it's like oh now I'm get I'm, oh I'm gonna buy steak and give my girlfriend a rose. <laughs> Fucking great, <laughs> yeah, yeah. cool, honey. <laughs> <laughs> honey, I bought you a rose. <laughs> yeah, see, I don't think that that's I don't think that in in uh, in a hundred years or so I don't think that's gonna be looked at as crazy. No, 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 I think no, people no. Are I know more about. I think, dude, look, everything is a is a dog, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, in yeah. that if you right. teach a chicken, if you. You know, you're sweet. You yeah. ever see like a YouTube video? People and it's have like, like look pet at this chicken. amazing rooster that acts like a dog. It's yeah. like, no, you're just saying, look at this rooster that, look at the first human who ever treated a rooster properly. Yeah, like, that's yeah, all it is. Yeah, you know, yeah. like you treat an animal kindly yeah. and they act like a puppy. It's it's insanely depressing when you see it happen. Yeah. Uh, and I do not know what to do about it. I would no. love to stop eating meat. I would love to do a million things. Yeah. But I there's so many things I need to address in my before life. Before you do that, yeah. Before like stop eating meat. It's like, think about the yeah. animal. It's like I need to think about my mother, my yeah. girlfriend, yeah. her daughter. Like, there's so many people I need to consider before a fucking cow. Yeah, and then people rescue dogs from, and they go, they, they, "He was rescued off a meat truck, and now he's my." But it's like, but every every animal that you're eating is, yeah, like you said, every animal's a dog. We stopped Koreans from eating him. If it wasn't my, for us, yeah. Well, my dog is like so. He's such a special little little boy. Yeah. You know, I'm like, you'd be cra- you try to eat him, you'd be crazy. Yeah, exactly. But it's just, get the fuck away from him. Cows especially. Because cows, when you see them be playful, they mm-hmm. look like the best giant dogs ever. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. And it's also just kind of this modern society where we're all removed from the food supply. Like the Bourdain right. thing. Like I said, I really do recommend his episode he did in the Congo. Like he was a fascinating guy to me because he had a great interest in the Congo his whole life. And, you know, he was just like a broke chef, but he read... And we're kind of experts on the Congo. Yeah, we did an episode on it. We did an episode. Experts, for sure. Yeah, you know, he really liked... uh, (laughs) I went to see my mom a couple weeks ago, and we were talking, and she was like... We were were going back and forth, and she was like, well, other places are are messed up. Like, Africa has no resources. And I was like, are you a stupid bitch? Yeah. Are you you fucking dumb? (laughs) Congo is like Wonka's chocolate factory. Yeah. Resources. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, oh yeah. So the Congo. So Bourdain, he was like a writer, you know, and a chef. But he read like Joseph Conrad, Heart of Darkness, and he was always fascinated by the Congo River. And you know, like we said on the episode, second biggest river in the world after the Amazon. It's a fascinating thing. Mm. So he was always like, now that I have a show, I want to go to the Congo. And they kept telling him year after year, no, too dangerous. You cannot go. You cannot go. And then finally, he does get the CNN show, and he goes in in 2013. A very interesting episode, but essentially, like, he goes up the river, and, you know, there's not any fucking restaurants. The entire thing has been blown apart. There's, like, very little rule of law and, you know, hundreds of different militias contesting different territories. So you go up the river, like, they had to bring live chickens, and they show, like, yeah, they got to kill their own chickens and make them and stuff. And you, you watch that on TV, and part of you, like, it's like you get a bit of revulsion. But then at the same time, you're like... Well, I'm just removing myself from this process. You're like, so removed from it. Yeah, I'm, I'm still eating chicken, but I can't come face to face with killing a chicken. Yeah. And, you know, there's something very unnatural about that. Yeah. That, you know, I should make up my mind. Like, yeah. if I'm going to eat a chicken, I should be willing to kill a chicken. Yeah, vegans are the only people with morals. Yeah, basically. Yeah. But there's a great uh, BBC show, because I watch a ton of, you know, food content. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a BBC show. It's on YouTube. It's called Two Greedy Italians. And it's these two Italian chefs that became chefs in London. They kind of go through Italy, and they... they Two filthy dagos. Yeah, that's so funny, Sean. <laughs> um, but uh, but there's an episode where they like they like kill a pig, they slaughter a pig, 
and then they, you know, the pig's dead, and they have to like pour boiling water on it to get the fur off and everything. And the guy is like, the one chef is like crying, and he's like, "Yes, yeah, so my mother, she would never cry when when we killed the pig." And I said, "Why don't you cry?" She said, "I'm I'm crying on the inside." And it's such a big deal to to kill a pig. Yeah. But then you can go to McDonald's and get a fucking. Yeah. You go, know. Hey, you pig. Yeah. Yeah, and then get something. Get, give me my fries. Yeah, exactly. Or, or my son's going to come in here and kill you. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe that happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they gave her cold fries, and she's like, my son's going to come whoop your ass. And they were like, shut up, bitch. And then he came and Wait, we got to pl- we got to play this video about that on the Patreon. There's a video. There's a TikTok video of a guy talking about it. Oh, yeah. And okay. it's really funny. We got to play So. Yeah, my son's a bit of a foodie. Patreon. <laughs> my son's a foodie. He's going to come here and kill you with <laughs> these cold fries. Foodies were huge yeah. in like 2008, 2009. Yeah. That was a big that was a big thing people made jokes about too. Mm-hmm. Or like what's a mm-hmm. what's a foodie exactly? My son's got a food blog. He's coming down here. Yeah. I guess we should talk a bit more about Bourdain before we wrap up. Sure. Yeah, we need but come over to, to Patreon. We're going to talk about that lady at the. We're going to we're going to talk about the McDonald's <laughs> guy because <laughs> this video is really funny. Do, do you? Uh, okay, right. Patreon.com slash is it out for smokes or out for smokes pod? It's out for smokes. Yeah, yeah. We I tell you that. this every week. <laughs> the Gmail is out for smokes pod <laughs> yeah, at gmail.com. So shoot us an email if you want. Out for smokes pod at gmail.com. I knew it was after smokes. Yeah, that's all right. Sorry. No, we got to remind the listeners. Fuck, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, patreon.com slash sit down pod, everybody. I'm such a stupid bitch. But anyway, so, um, yeah, no, like, just a few more things I like about Bourdain. Like, that book, Kitchen Confidential, I know you read it, Mike. I do recommend it if anybody listening hasn't read yeah, it. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's like an eight-hour audio book, which yeah. you'll feel smart. And it's it's just fascinating because it's like like we said he was a full time chef at this point so he talked about in like the preface to I think the paperback like he would just wake up at like four a.m. and just write the book for two hours and then go be a chef and then come home and he just did that for like a year and it was done yeah and you know that's kind of like it's a dedication but it's it's also just interesting you know that book is good because it inspired me to write a memoir about comedy <laughs> like. <laughs> Like I was like, I could do this. I could talk about my experience as a as a comedian. It's you traveling on a boat, you know, having yeah. like a monologue, but it's just the Staten Island ferry. Yeah, yeah. After I bombed and <laughs> yeah. got you banned from a venue. <laughs> yeah. you but it's go eat at an Olive Garden. It's interesting in the in the Roadrunner documentary because y- they have like a lot of footage, so you can actually watch Bourdain like when he was still like still working at the restaurant, but then the book starts like climbing up the New York Times bestseller list. So it's like you watch him kind of deal with first writer fame, but then I have a TV show fame, which seems like absolute hell. Like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm sure it's easier than digging ditches or whatever, but it's like when you're a, a, a best-selling writer, not that many people know your face. You can still kind of walk around. Yeah. But when you're like, when you've got a hit TV show, you cannot go out in public without a dozen people stopping you every single fucking time. Mm-hmm. So it talks about like eventually he developed agoraphobia, because you're just so famous, you can't go anywhere, you know. So, uh, so basically, like, yeah, I have a feeling someday after this podcast takes off, we're gonna miss these days. That's right. <laughs> when we had Deb <laughs> setting up our equipment for us. <laughs> hey, can we? He, there's something about him that uh, gives off a, a bit like Joker vibes, right? Yeah. There's a little bit of acceptable Joker vibes. Yeah. The thing even the non douchebags like about the Joker, we see in Anthony Bourdain, and we like, right? There's this slitheringness to him that we enjoy. Hmm. The way he smokes a cigarette. There's like a coolness to him. A mischief. Yeah. So yeah. He's but also a guy that looks good as an older guy, which yeah. I hope happens to me. I feel like I'm starting to, you know, I'm starting <laughs> to look like breathe shit. Heavy? I'm start. I'm breathing heavy, and I just look like shit. I can't. I used to be able to like hold the phone at a certain angle to make myself look less like shit. <laughs> none of the angles are working <laughs> none anymore. None of the angles are working. Yeah. It's a big circle all around. Yeah, my skull's getting bigger. I think. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, but you know, it, it is interesting to me where it's like there is. I just like that concept. There's like a level of fame that's like perfect, mm. where you don't have to do this shitty. 40-hour work week anymore 
you have enough money that you're comfortable, yeah. but you can still be a person, sort of. But you're never happy when you're at that level because right. there's always these other levels. You're always like, I'm not as successful the as the people at the next level. As Tim Dillon. Yes. Yeah. So you, you pursue that and you get it and then you're like, you know, murdered in France by Hillary Clinton exactly. because you were going to blow the whistle <laughs> on just, Benghazi. Yeah, because you just <laughs> shot, you just flew too close to the sun. Didn't his, now it was his wife or girlfriend. Uh, he didn't have a wife at the time. Yeah, right? he, he got divorced from his second wife. Because that's the thing too. It's like, so he was like, lifelong married to this woman and then he gets famous and it's like okay well now i need a hotter wife yeah who uh, does that <laughs> who the fuck would do something like that <laughs> yeah, stay tuned for 1000 patrons <laughs> yeah isn't that 600 <laughs> guys two big announcements we made it to 600 patrons and i'm getting divorced <laughs> So this is going to be the last episode with Deb now that we're yeah. successful. Anyways. Um, Guys, we hired a younger, bigger-titted <laughs> woman to set up our equipment. <laughs> and we're getting married. <laughs> Say hello, Maylin. <laughs> she's, she's just like a mail order. <laughs> we're making like $700 a month on Patreon. She's not even <laughs> successful at all. <laughs> mail order bride. <laughs> you know, most of this goes to alimony and child support, but it's at the end of the day, when I look at my 24-year-old, my 24-year-old big-titted wife, it's all worth it, baby. <laughs> ah, my my bitch ex-wife's calling me. Hold on a second. Deb, you're on the you're on the podcast. Yeah, did you shit in my house again? <laughs> yeah, they do like a Roadrunner doc for Mike. She's like, no, I think he definitely killed himself. <laughs> he was so miserable and such a prick. <laughs> Fucking loser. Well, dude, that was what was so weird about the documentary. They interview my son. He's like, yeah, my dad was a pedophile. <laughs> she just makes up a bunch of lies about me. Yeah, my dad was actually a piece of fucking garbage. As soon as he made it to 700 patrons, he left my mom. I'm just living in one room, paying the rent at this apartment, and, and living in a Motel 6 with my young Chinese wife. <laughs> Mike's like, hey, hey, Benjamin, say hi to your new mommy, socialist, big titted goth girlfriend on Twitter. <laughs> Where's my son? I left him in the car. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, so yeah, it's like the the documentary. I, I oh, Adam Friedland just retweeted me. <laughs> Time to upgrade. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in summary, the documentary is good. I recommend it. But it's like it doesn't touch on that stuff that we were talking about earlier about the propaganda stuff. And like, I think mm. the Libby episode is the most blatant. Mm. But there's also like. It's on uh, Netflix, right? Uh, or it's on HBO? It's on HBO. HBO. Okay. Yeah, and Parts Unknown is on HBO. I watch it. Some of the others are somewhere else. But yeah, um, but yeah the Libya episode is the most blatant, but he also has one in Russia, which is really bad. He uh -huh. like interviews Pussy Riot, which are like, they, they were just speaking at the State Department a couple days ago. Uh -huh. And he has one in Colombia where he talks about like FARC is this left-wing guerrilla group that he blames for drug trafficking. Well, that's so dishonest because like less than 10% of drugs in Colombia come from FARC it's it's the vast majority of it is from the fucking Colombian military mm. like it's just this kind of like bizarre thing we have with <laughs> the war on drugs but you know <laughs> he's a drug addict just being like uh, the drugs are sold by the other guys that I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. not walking with right now right yeah. <laughs> but that's the point where it's like these seem like small details but as we were saying like Americans we barely get two weeks vacation a year we yeah. don't travel that much so it's like if that's your only experience exposure to Columbia is this guy's show it actually does matter a lot when he gives these details that are <laughs> literal US government propaganda yeah and you can you know maybe he knew maybe he didn't that he was being used but I don't think there's any doubt that he was being used by the time of the CNN show that's funny because I thought we were gonna talk about how cool he was because th th he, he did say some stuff about how like uh, you know people love Mexico everyone loves we love Mexican beer and, and Mexican food and tacos and Mexican culture but like, He's like but nobody's willing to suck the donkey's dick you go there you watch someone else suck the donkey's dick but no one you know, goes hey maybe I'll suck the donkey's dick <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's going over there to uh, uh yeah he does the jobs <laughs> Mexicans don't want to do 
<laughs> I'm going to suck this donkey's dick. <laughs> and then the Mexicans are like, he's taking our job. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, really? You want to suck the donkey's dick? <laughs> anyway, he was saying that he's like, yeah, I've never. Well, he made this point about about how uh, we, we treat Mexican immigrants like shit. Even though he's like, I've never in in all my career, I I never had a white kid come in and apply to be a dishwasher, yeah. or a line cook. So, I don't know. It's 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 a weird thing to think about where and what what it, what of it was authentic and what was right. sort of uh, through that lens. Well, and that's like I said, why I find him such a fascinating character is again, I think he's a great writer. I yeah. really enjoy his books. And you watch in the documentary and if you watch his TV shows, you see that he learned how to make good television. Mm -hmm. Like he, he was a good writer and then they gave him the opportunity to make TV and he kind of over trial and error mm -hmm. figured out how to make good TV and he was essentially like, I'm not going to spoon feed the audience. I'm not going to give them a lesson. I'm going to show them things and trust their own intelligence. Yeah. And so it's like he was an extremely talented, very smart guy and it's it's just one of those things where it's like the way our system is set up, there's essentially a media filtration system where it's like if you get to a certain level, you do kind of become propaganda whether you want to or not. This is insane. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it doesn't seem like there's Ben's any way around it, really. Man. There's no way around it. Ben's like, give me big titty socialist goth <laughs> girlfriend. <laughs> Ben, you opened the door by yourself. Good job. What up, bro? You want to say hi? <laughs> say hello? Say hello? Ben, you think Anthony Bourdain killed himself? Do the piggy? Piggy. Ben, piggy. ben say Hillary Quinton. Hillary Quinton killed Anthony Bourdain. His uh, his his girlfriend did like jujitsu or uh, his wife. His yeah. wife, yeah. yeah. And so ex-wife. Yeah. Now then, people are just like, he she killed him. <laughs> she karate chopped him to death. <laughs> it's crazy how people do a thing like that. You know something they said in the documentary, which did kind of stick with me, is like he's a writer and he killed himself. He didn't leave a note. Well, that's a little weird, but whatever. Yeah, but you know what? I think uh, I think that says a lot about why maybe a writer would kill himself. Yeah, I mean, writer's you know, block. It was writer's block, you know, something simple like that for the kids <laughs> to understand why he killed himself. Anthony Bourdain well, killed himself because he had writer's block. The CIA fucked up Kenny Johanneman's suicide note so bad that they were like, "No more suicide notes. <laughs> this looks like shit." Wait, who's Kenny Johanneman? The maintenance guy from World Trade Center, the n South, the North Tower. Oh uh, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Anyway, I guess that's the episode, but we're going to keep talking about it. Should we wrap up and should they join us on Patreon? Yeah, I think so. Anything else to get to? No dogs. Come over to Patreon. Come hang. Yeah, patreon.com slash out for smokes. Patreon.com slash out for smokes. Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, this was the food episode. We'll see you next week. Bye bye. <laughs>